This is a podcast from Delancey Elam Church. We meet every Sunday morning at 10:30 a.m. in the Delancey Elam Church building at Le Banks St. Sampson in the Channel Island of Guernsey. To contact us or find out more information about us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk. that you've given to us we thank you Lord God that you want us to shine and that you equip us to do that Lord God and I just pray Lord God that as we come around your your powerful word right now Lord God I pray that it will transform us Lord God we're going to read it we're going to believe it and we are going to walk in it because we don't want to leave this place the same we want to leave this place going to to a new heights with you moving on with you pressing on into you So we thank you right now, God. We're expecting you to speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 It is great to see Dave back. You know, it's great to see a young guy who's sold out for Jesus and who's God's just taking and transforming and developing. And, you know, I can see the change in him. And, you know, what? this is just the start for his life, isn't it? You know, God's just going to keep taking him and moulding him and changing him. And, you know, he's going to do great things both in Manchester and, and I believe over here, hopefully. Amen. But um, I just, back in one afternoon, back in 1996, long time ago, an unknown, a previously unknown American woman by the name of Linda Ellis sat down and she wrote the words of a really simple poem, which unbeknown to her was going to impact millions of people around the globe. And her poem was called The Dash. Has anybody heard of it? No? I'm just going to share a section of of it with you right now as we start today. Okay, it says, I read of a man who stood to speak at the funeral of a friend. He referred to the dates on her tombstone. He noted that first came the date of her birth and spoke of the following date with tears. But he said what mattered most of all was the dash between those years. For that dash represents all the time that she spent alive on earth. And now only those who loved her know what that little line is worth. For it matters not, matters not how much we own, the cars, the house, the cash. What matters is how we live and love and how we spend our dash. And you know, I want to ask you this morning, how are you spending your dash? How are you spending that little line between the dates of your birth and death, which represents your time here on earth? What are you doing? What are you as an individual doing with the time that you've been allocated? Because what you do with your time determines what you do with your dash. How you spend your time is effectively how you spend your life. And you know what, no matter who you are, no matter what your background is, it is not by coincidence, it's not by accident, it's not by fluke that you are breathing at this very moment in time. You are not here on this planet just for the sake of it, just to take up space. You're not here just to get up, go to work, come home, eat a bit of dinner, watch a bit of TV and then go to bed and then do the same thing day after day after day. No, you are alive. Because an incredible God 
wanted to create you and he has got a plan for your life. He wants you to do something significant with your life. He wants you to do something significant with your dash. And so this morning we are going to take a look at how we can maximise our life. At how we can maximise our life. Because the truth is, the truth is that God wants you to have life and to have life in abundance. You know, God doesn't want you to walk around defeated, downtrodden, disillusioned, disappointed. He doesn't want you to do that. No, the Bible says he wants you to live a rich and a satisfying life. He wants you to live a life that's blazing, that's overflowing with purpose. He wants you to live life to the max. That's the truth. And so how do we do that? How do we maximise our life? Well, firstly, we need to be transformed. If you've got your Bibles with you, we're going to go to 2 Corinthians and we're going to look at chapter 5, verse 17. It's a great passage of Scripture. It's really well known. It's a verse I love. Okay, so Paul is talking, the Apostle Paul is talking, and he says, therefore... We all know this verse. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And you know what? To be transformed, it involves going through a complete change. It involves going through a total change. Think about a caterpillar for a moment. When a caterpillar becomes a butterfly, it is transformed It's transformed from being a slightly ugly, funny, fuzzy little creature into something exquisitely beautiful. It is transformed from being a creature that crawls in the dirt into something that flies. The transformation is dramatic and that is the kind of transformation that God wants to see in your life. He wants to see a dramatic transformation. You know, God doesn't want us to just crawl through life. He doesn't want us to just struggle through life. No, he wants you to soar. He wants you to flourish and to thrive. He wants you to maximise your life so that you can live a different kind of life. That's what he wants. You see, when we accepted Jesus Christ and his amazing, his amazing gift of salvation, we became a new species. You became a new species. When you entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you became a new creation. You really did. And as a new creation, you are now marked by an extraordinary character. As a new creation, you are now made holy. You're set apart with a new way of thinking, with a new perspective on life, with a new way of doing life. In November, in Dublin next month, he ran four marathons last year, running two this year, which is pretty incredible for an ex-drug addict with one kidney. But you know what? It really shows the grace and power of God in action, doesn't it? Anyway, I definitely do not take following his footsteps when it comes to exercise. But if I did, if I did, it would be crazy for me to go running through a muddy field and to get covered in dirt if I could run on solid ground. It would be crazy for me to struggle through the muck and to make my life harder if I didn't have to. But at the end of the day, I would have a choice. 
And you know what? Being set apart, being transformed, it involves a choice. We've got a choice. So are we going to continue to struggle through the dirt and through the mess? Or are we going to run in the direction that God has for us? We have got a choice. Are we going to continue to live life according to our agenda, according to our priorities, according to what we want? Or are we going to live our life according to the plan and purpose of God? That is the choice. Can you, can you go with me to Matthew chapter 10? We're going to read verse 39. Matthew 10, 39. So Jesus says, if you cling to your life, you will lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will find it. If you cling to your life, you'll lose it. But if you give it up for me, you will find it. And you know what? The Amplified Version puts it in a slightly different way. It says, whoever finds that his lower life will lose the higher life. And whoever gives up, whoever gives up his lower life on my account will find the higher life. You know, putting it simply, putting it plainly, if we are going to be transformed, we need to let go of the low life so that we can start living the high life. That's what it's saying. And, you know, I think that so often we so sadly miss out on God's very best for our lives because of the fear factor. I think that so often we are just too frightened to let go of what is ours and of what we know in order to take hold of what God has for us, of the amazing things God has for us and wants to give us. You know what, even though in the natural we know that what we have isn't very much, we cling on to it because we think it's all we've got. You know what, when I lived in London, I worked as a probation officer. Um, and during my time in that job, I met loads of people who put in it blatantly, hated their lives. They hated their lives. They hated their addictions to drink and to drugs and to crime. But they refused to give them up. And you know what, I think we can all be a bit like that if we're honest, can't we? We can all hold on to things even though we know that they hold us back. You know, maybe you are holding on to things that are holding you back this morning. Maybe you are holding on to things, to attitudes, to relationships which are getting in the way of you moving forward in the things of God. Maybe you're holding on to things which you know are stunting your spiritual growth. You know, if we are going to be transformed, if we are going to maximise our life, the old way of life's got to go. You know, in Ephesians 4.22, in the message, I'm just going to read you what it says. It says, our old way of life is rotten through and through. It says, get rid of it, and then take on an entirely new way of life, a God-fashioned life, a life that's renewed from the inside. And you know what Jesus said? He said, you've got to get rid of the old wineskin before you can receive new wine. So we need to stop clinging on to the lower ways of life. We need to stop hanging on to our old nature. You know, if we're going to maximise our life, 
We need to stop holding on to our insecurities, to fear, to doubt, to regret, to offence, to bitterness, to old habits, to the past. If we're going to be transformed, we've got to let them go. You know, to maximise our life, we need to decide. We need to make a conscious decision to exchange our low ways for God's higher, better ways. You know, to be transformed, it's time to let go of the old and it's time to start embracing the new. You know, I can't believe it, but we're rapidly approaching the end of 2011. Time really does seem to fly. And in a, few, in a couple of months, people will start making resolutions for 2012 with the very best intentions. But the reality is that willpower on its own is not enough to bring real, lasting, permanent, ongoing change in your life. It's not enough. However, there's good news, and the good news is, the great news is, that if we make a decision to surrender our lives to God, to the living God, he will give us the ability and the desire and the determination to live a transformed life. And that's great news. So firstly... To maximise your life, you need to be transformed. Secondly, you need to be determined. You know what, the word determined, it's not particularly popular, is it? Because it's a bit of a hard work word. It's hard to say. But you know what, the reality is that nothing significant ever happens in life without some level of determination. Nothing worthwhile happens without effort. Things worth having and worth keeping they don't come easy. And you know what? We talked about running a bit earlier. I, mean, I don't know if you've ever watched the London Marathon, either on TV or in real life. But if you have, you would have seen pure determination in action. I mean, marathon runners are pretty hardcore, aren't they? They're pretty tough. But you know what? Even the world-class athletes will hit the wall at some point during a race. Even the strongest runners will get to a place where their body's screaming out, where their muscles are screaming for oxygen, when their mind is at war with their body as they just try, as they struggle to keep on going. And you know what? It's in those times that raw determination, raw determination gets them to the finish line. In 1968, at the, the Olympic Games in Mexico City, there was a crowd gathered and a scrawny little guy, to be honest, he kind of limped out into the stadium. His name was John Stephen Aquare. And you know, his leg was all bandaged up because he'd had a fall earlier that day. But he ran the race and as you would expect, he finished in last place due to his injury. So after the race, somebody pulled him to one side and they said, you know, why didn't you quit? In response, John said, my country did not send me 7,000 miles just to start this race. They sent me to finish it. They sent me to finish it. And the same principle applies to us as children of God. Let's have a look at another verse. Can you go with me to Hebrews 12? We're going to read verse 1. Hebrews 12, verse 1. I'm going to read this from the contemporary English version, so it may be a little bit different. 
but it says such a large crowd of witnesses is all around us. So we must get rid of everything that slows us down, especially the sin that just won't let go. And we must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. We must be determined to run the race that is ahead of us. You know, we need to realise that God did not put us here on this earth just to start this race called life. No, he put us here to finish it. And you know what? The, so often the people who achieve great things in life are really just ordinary people, but they have got an extraordinary amount of determination. You know, quitting's not an option for them. It's not an option. And they keep on keeping on. They refuse to give up. They refuse to give in. They refuse to let their emotions win. And they are willing to pay the price to finish. And you know what? If we are going to maximise our life, if we are going to move from the ordinary to the extraordinary, we need to develop our endurance. We need to work our faith muscles so that we develop our stamina. Because we need that to keep on keeping on if we're going to finish strong. You know, the Apostle Paul was somebody who finished strong. He was someone who finished well. You know, despite the things that came up against him, despite the trials and the storms that he encountered in his life, despite the opposition and the rejection that he faced, he hung on in there. He stuck with it. You know, Paul's level of determination did not allow him to be defeated. You know, Paul said, I fight to finish. I fight to finish, and he really did. He really did. And you know what? Like Paul, when we encounter setbacks in our lives, when our situations, when our circumstances don't look great in the natural, we need to call on the power of the Holy Spirit that is living with inside of us, that is living and that is active. And we need to find our determination to make it through. By the grace of God, you can fight to win. You can. And we need to fight. We need to fight for our relationships. We need to fight for our kids. We need to fight for our work colleagues. We need to fight for this island. If we're going to win, we need to fight. You know what? I'm trying to learn to drive still. I'm still trying to learn to drive. And um, you could say it doesn't come naturally to me. As Pete's shaking his head, that kind of says it all. It's really not good. But anyway... I was, um, during one of my recent lessons, I, was, I had the pleasure of tackling the Val de Terre, which I didn't particularly relish. And as you can imagine, it was a bit of a struggle going up that hill for me and for the car, um, probably because I wasn't using it properly. But um, I was surprised to discover that going down the hill was a totally different story. You know, going down the hill was a breeze. And as I was coasting down that hill, I realised that life's a bit like that. It's a bit like that. You know, when you are pressing forwards in the things of God, when you're moving upwards, when you're advancing, life can seem tough and you can encounter difficulties. You know, when you're moving forwards, you can face opposition and obstacles and problems. But on the other hand, when you're going downhill, life can seem pretty easy because there isn't that same level of resistance. And you know what? We need to realise that if we are constantly coasting through life, 
If life, we're constantly breezing through life, then the chances are we may be going downhill. And you know what? For the Apostle Paul, coasting through life wasn't an option. Wasn't an option for him. And he spent his life in an uphill battle because for him, it was no pain, no gain. No pain, no gain. And the same applies to us. It's no pain, no gain. You know, the enemy wants you to settle for so much less than God's best for your life. The enemy wants you to give up on your God-given dream, on your God-given plan, on your God-given purpose. The enemy wants you to give up on that promise that you've received and so he will come against you. And in those times, you need to, if you are going to win, if you are going to overcome, you need to have the spirit of a conqueror. And you need to know who you are in Christ Jesus and what God says about you and what he says to you. You know, many of you will have heard of Joyce Meyer. If you haven't, she's a phenomenal woman of God, a great communicator. And someone who really seems to have this conquering spirit that we're talking about. But what not many people know is that for 10 years, for 10 years of Joyce's life, she battled with serious health issues. She had constant migraines, which would wipe her out for days. She, she had to deal with breast cancer. And, you know, a list of problems kind of went on and on. But she said that, you know, during her times of feeling at her absolute weak, weakest, what she would do was she would speak words of determination to herself. So as she was walking out onto the platform, she would be saying to herself, you know, God, I would rather be feeling good as I do this, but that aside, I am going to fulfill your call on my life, no matter how I feel. You know, even though in the physical she sometimes felt awful, she would say to herself, you know, I will be all that God wants me to be and I will do all that God wants me to do. And you know what? Every time, every time she spoke words of determination like that, what happened was God got the victory and the devil was defeated. And if we are going to run this race of life, and run it well, we also need to be determined. We need to be determined. You know, if we are going to really overcome, we need to get to know God's word, and we need to tell ourselves what it says. We need to tell ourselves what it says. If we are going to be more than a conqueror, we need to be determined to spend time with God so that he can speak to us and speak into our situations and guide our lives. You know, so often we can say, oh, well, I'm just so busy, I can't seem to fit God into my schedule. But we should be fitting our whole life around him. We shouldn't be trying to squeeze him into our schedule. We should be fitting our whole world around him. Because the Bible says, seek first the kingdom of God and then all these things are going to be added to you. You know, when we open the Bible, we need to say, God, show me. Show me who I should be instead of who I am. Show me what I should have instead of what I have. Show me what is mine. Show me your will for my life. You know, to maximise our life, we need to be determined to read the truth, to believe it and to walk in it. Because as we do that, we will deter develop a determination to put God first and to finish our race well. 
Thirdly and finally, the third way to maximise our life is to be the difference. So we need to be transformed, we need to be determined and we need to be the difference. Can you go with me to Matthew 5 and verse 13? And this verse has just really challenged me this week. So Jesus is, is talking and he says, you are the salt of the earth. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavour? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You know, Jesus doesn't mess around when he talks, does he? And, you know, he's quite, quite blatant there. I don't know if you've ever bought one of those packets of crisps that come with a separate sachet of salt. Have you ever seen them? Well, if you have, you'll know that you need to open the salt and shake it onto the crisps. Otherwise, they taste pretty bland. And you know what salt does? It adds flavour. It adds flavour. And when Jesus is saying, you are the salt of the earth, what he's saying is, listen, you are here to bring God's flavour to this world. He is saying through the way you live your life, you need to be showing people what I'm all about. Jesus is saying through the way you live, you need to show people my kindness, my compassion, my love, my joy, my peace, my goodness, my faithfulness. And you know what? When Jesus says you are, you are the salt of the earth, he's making a statement. He's making a statement. It's interesting that he doesn't say, hey, you need to try and be the salt of the earth. You're supposed to be the salt of the earth. You should be the salt of the earth. No, he says, you are the salt of the earth. That's it, full stop. So you are the salt of the earth tomorrow morning when you walk into work. You are the salt of the earth when you're driving your car. You're the salt of the earth when you're in the supermarket. When you're at home, you are the salt of the earth. And if we are going to make a difference, if we are going to shake this island up for Jesus, then we need to make sure that we don't lose our saltiness. You know, we only need to watch the news to realise that we're living in pretty dark days. And that's not being dramatic, is it? That's just saying it as it is. You know, we only need to watch the news to see that every week there's more talk of famine. There's more talk of war. There's more talk of disease and of increased crime rates. Every week in our world, in this island, there's more heartbreak, there's more despair, there's more devastation. And the, while all of this is going on, the world is screaming out. I'm just looking for someone to believe in. I'm just looking for someone, somewhere to give me the answers to the hurt in my life. I'm just looking for someone to take away the emptiness that I feel. And you know what? The Bible tells us that the reason that the world is so bad is because at this very moment in time, there are multitudes who are walking around in the valley of decision. There are multitudes in the valley of decision at this very moment in time. The people outside those doors, the people in your families, in your workplaces, your friends are deciding where they're going to spend eternity. And there is a battle raging as every single second of the day, people are stepping over that line into eternity. You know what? People around us, they don't know what to do. They don't know where to turn. People around us are desperately 
desperately looking for God and they don't even realise it. So I think we need to ask ourselves, can they find God in us? Can they find God in you? Does your relationship with Jesus direct people to God? Does it do that? You know what, when we eat salt, it tends to make us thirsty, doesn't it? And in the same way, our lives should make people thirsty for God. Through the way we live our lives, we need to shake the salt. But how do we do that? Well, you know, when you choose to love people who you feel are unlovable, you're shaking the salt. When you choose to treat that colleague at work with kindness, you're shaking the salt. When you choose to forgive and to overlook an offence, you're shaking the soul. When you choose to treat people with grace, you're shaking the soul. When you go the extra mile for people, you are shaking the soul. When you live your life for the benefit of other people, that's when you're shaking the salt. And you know what? If we're going to make a difference, and not just talk about it, if we're going to really make a difference, we need to shake the salt. Because you are... You are God's plan for reaching this world. You are it. There's no plan B. You're it. You are the salt and the light. You know, as Gareth was saying, we are the light. We're the salt and we're the light. And as we put Jesus first, as we make him number one, as we make him the centre, he will equip us and he will empower us to make a difference. You know, God is going to heal He's going to restore. He's going to create a longing within the heart of humanity for him. He's going to point the people in the direction of eternal life. And guess what? He's going to do it through you. Because you're his plan for this world. You are the plan of God and there's no other plan. You know, the Bible tells us that we are the fragrance of Christ. And as the fragrance of Christ, we've got a responsibility to go into our world and to share the good news message of Jesus Christ. I'm sure you will all remember the horrific events that took place on 9-11. I was in Florida at the time and I think you all remember where you were at that time and I was in Florida and I was watching the news kind of unfold and one reporter describes that world-changing day as a horrific moment frozen in time and it was, wasn't it? It was a horrific moment frozen in time. And amidst the death and destruction and tragedy of that day, there were a number of heroes. You know, there were the passengers on the United 93 flight who selflessly gave up their lives for others. There were the firefighters and the policemen and women who walked into, willingly walked into crumbling buildings putting their lives on the line. Why did they do it? They did it because they had an incredible sense of duty. And why should we be any different? You know what? We know the way to eternal life. We found Jesus. We found the answer. And now we have a duty to walk into our dying, crumbling world with a message of salvation. with a message of hope and with a message of life and with a message that brings peace that passes all understanding, with a message that brings joy and purpose. 
You know, as, as we come to a close this morning, the way to maximise our life is to become all that God intends us and all that he created us to be. That's the way to maximise our life. God wants you as an individual to do something amazing with your life. As we were saying, you're not here just for the sake of it. God wants you to do something amazing with your life. He wants you to make an incredible difference in this dying world. He wants to transform you and use you. And you know what, as we read earlier, if anyone, if anyone is in Christ Jesus, he is a new creation. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ this morning, you are a new creation. And you know what, the old has gone in your life and the new has come. And if we are going to really live life to the max, if we're going to maximise our life, we need to start embracing that truth. We need to start letting go of the past and let the past be the past so that we can put our eyes forward and fight to finish. So I want to encourage you this morning, be transformed by the power and truth of God. Be determined and be the difference. Let go of the old and look forward with excited expectancy for all that God wants to do in and through you because the best is yet to come in your life. Amen. Amen. just pray, pray as we finish. Jesus, I just thank you for your word. I thank you that your desire is that we have life and that we have life in abundance. I thank you that you came to this earth and that you died so that we could live life and life in all its fullness. And I just pray that this morning we will leave here and we will look at our lives and allow you room to transform us because we don't want to stay the same. I pray that we will be determined, no matter what circumstances and situations come our way, I pray we'll be determined to keep pressing on and to keep moving forward with you because we want to be the difference. Help us, God, to not lose our saltiness. Give us a new desire for you, Lord God. Help us this week to go into our dying world with that message of hope and with that message of peace, Lord God. We thank you, God, that we are your plan. We are your plan for this world. And I pray that we will really be all that you want us to be. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from Delancey Edom Church. For more podcasts, information, or to contact us, please visit our website at delanceyelam.co.uk.